welcome back to another Tile Money Podcast. My name is Luke Jackson, your host, and today we have a fantastic interview with Johnny out of Canada. Johnny is the owner of TileServicesCanada.com. He lives in Toronto, and we got into a lot of fantastic subjects. This is definitely one you are going to want to listen and pay attention to especially if you're a tile contractor business owner who wants to increase your value, increase your prices, have the ability to hire top talent, have the ability to present yourself in a more professional way that will help your closing rate and have a better overall mental attitude about who you are and what you do in the world. And so I know you're going to enjoy today's interview with Johnny. It's just over an hour long. It's definitely worth it. Tile Money Podcast is brought to you by the Tile Money University. Tile Money University is the only thing of its kind. We assist tile contractors, small business owners, just like you to strengthen your business. We have multiple ways of doing this. We have one-on-one coaching. We have group coaching weekly on our Zoom masterminds. And we have a a video course tutorial to work, help you understand your numbers, help you understand marketing and worksheets to go along with it. We give you the knowledge and the backend support. We, We hold you accountable. We ask you what goals you wanna reach and then we hold you accountable while you work towards reaching those goals and surpassing them. The relationships I'm building in the Tile Money University and the the people that are growing businesses make me very proud to be the host of this podcast and to call you sincerely as my tile friends. I love this industry. I've been in it my whole life and it's humbling to be able to be a part of history and to be a part of strengthening this industry. And I hope today's conversation does just that and adds to that. Tile friends, enjoy this conversation with Johnny. I know you're going to love it. All right, Johnny. Well, I really enjoyed our conversation the other day. It was so nice to meet you. Thanks for reaching out on Instagram and agreeing to be on the podcast and share your knowledge. Um, For my audience, who are you? What do you do? Where are you at? Well, first of all, Luke, it's a pleasure to be here. I've been uh, following you for quite a little while. Um, I'm glad we connected. Uh, my name's Johnny Vescio. Uh, I'm from the Toronto area. I, I have a, a company, um, a tile company. Been in this industry for for quite a long time. Um, I don't know if you'd call me a veteran of sorts, but 23 years will pretty well do it. But uh, yeah, I thought it'd be fun to, to join your podcast and and uh, have a, have a little discussion and see who we could help out because we we see so many guys getting hurt out there, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I was one of them and, and, and I continue to be right. We, we learn, but the more we share these stories, the better it is for everybody, especially in a trade that's dying. Right. It's, uh, there's it, not a lot of young people in here and, and, uh, I don't know, I can't speak for everybody in anywhere else, but, um, like we're, we're facing in Toronto about almost 50% of the workforce retiring in the next 66 years, sorry, six years. Mm. That's, that's outstanding. Right. So can you say that stat again one more time? That's 50% of our workforce here in Toronto are 
close to or over 60 years old. They are retiring wow. in the next six years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's, fun. that's a, that's a big, that's a big cut. That's, a, that's going <laughs> to be if, hard. That, that's if the industry will let them go, of course. Yeah. It's hard to escape. We know, we know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so you're in the Toronto area. If anybody wants to check out Johnny's um, tileservicescanada.com is his website. And uh, where, what's your email or what's your Instagram at tiles at tile services, Canada. Cool. So real simple. That's plural services. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so we had a great conversation the other day and I really enjoyed it. Um, we hit on so many good points and I'm so glad to be, you know, just kind of breaking down your experience, you know, your, yours, your veteran, you know, like you said, I, I do think 22 years is a significant amount of time. That's, that's, um, that's a good amount of time in one industry, you know, and you're somebody who's been in multiple facets of this industry and continues to evolve. And that's what makes this conversation. I mean, we haven't had it yet, but I know it's going to be such a good one. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that. It's like, uh, do we, do we pick our trade? Does our trade pick us and, and the story, you know, I, I've, I tried, I tried to, to get out, right? Mm -hmm. Like I didn't have a lot of value in this trade when I first got into it, it was kind of thrusted onto me. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, to be fair, you know, I, I took about uh, 11 years or so off of the tools because um, I struggled. Uh, you know, I started my first, uh, my first company. It was, uh, you know, it was going to be huge. It was going to be the best brand. You know, I was an incredible tile installer, you know, like all the dreams that you, mm -hmm. you have when you first start this industry. And then, you know, you just keep getting knocked down. Uh, you, your price keeps getting knocked down. You know, you don't exactly have all the skills that you think you had. You take on projects that you can't handle. So, um, it was hard. It was really hard. Like, uh, it struggled uh, financially and I decided, uh, you know, what is the problem? So when you, you step back and you kind of analyze yourself and look around, you realize I, I don't have the resources for this. So, um, I decided to get into sales and I took a position as a, um, as a wholesale manager for a tile sales company, a supplier. Um, and uh, the intention there wasn't really to sell tile. I mean, it was obviously, but uh, it was to gain resources. And mm. uh, as a wholesale manager, I had the you know opportunity to go out there and you know meet contractors, designers, architects, and really get networked in Toronto. And it was fantastic. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, the company I worked for didn't have a fantastic reputation. They were in the industry for about twenty-five years. And, uh, and it was a tough go. Um, but one of my clients, which would not do business with me, um, you know, I kept showing up with coffees, kept showing up with, uh, with donuts and that sort of thing. And, and when I finally decided to leave this tile supplier, um, they offered me a job, hmm. wouldn't buy a tile off me, but they offered me a job. <laughs> right as a, a project coordinator for their tile company you know this tile company is huge they're about 50 million dollars a year they do high-rise projects me, all me, over the city and let me pause you right there sure, we're, gonna, sure. we're gonna go back to that but i don't want to stray too far against the fact that you were a wholesale manager of tile goods to um shop owners right i guess i glazed over that quickly did i 
Well, the thing about it is timing is so crucial, right? Just yesterday, I had a one-on-one -on -one coaching call with one of my uh, members of the, of the Mastermind Tile Money University. And he said, I have a showroom. Um, I'm looking to get into buying my own products and stocking them so that I can save money and sell them directly to the customer. What best advice, you know, and obviously there's, it's a, we could talk for an hour, right? But within a few minutes, like, where does he start? You know, who does he call? He's in California. So I understand correctly. He's just looking at uh, opening a tile showroom. And so he, he already has one. He already okay. has the building, um, but he's not utilizing, he's not buying his own products at, at wholesale and selling them at retail. My best advice to him, and, and I hate to do this and shoot him down, but the answer is don't. Okay. Um, uh, and, and I say this because the amount of inventory you have to carry to have any significance in the market is insane. And, and, my question is, is why, why, why would you carry inventory when you don't have to? Um, there's tile suppliers all over the city um, and you could just showcase their material and sell it directly. Uh, it, it is highly, highly cost intensive. The marketing that's involved, like, are you really capable of scaling this? I guess in and short. So, so, his, so his goal is to have a small one or two dozen company and, and they do, they have a lot of contracts and they, they do high quality quickly. And then, you know, they, that's, that's kind of their market. So he's looking to uh, buy his own materials to keep his overhead lower. So he's looking to buy thin set goods, waterproofing goods. Yes. That's it. He's not really, I don't think he wants to sell to tilers or anything like that. He, he essentially wants to stock the materials he uses so that he can make money off of them. I understand. Okay. Yeah. Forgive me for that. Cause no you know, I, I stray away from supplying tile because tile is like fashion. Right. Okay. And unless you're out there capable of get being on, on top of uh, other fashion trends, you know, that's a difficult, but supplying setting materials is critical. Um, and that I suggest everybody does uh, whether they stock it or not. Mm -hmm. But uh, the, the advantages are, is, you know, you, you, have more control over your costs yeah and i i think it's it's a great idea um does he do installation as well yeah they do installation yeah they're that's primarily what they do so they i think they have a small um just office you know where they operate out of a building where they could stock materials so they can stock thin sets and, and waterproofing and stuff and I, I i guess i didn't ask him if he stocks tile or sells tile i don't think he does I, they're a small company but they have this building where they can stock their own thin sets so he wants to get into buying it as a wholesale like as a wholesaler or a retailer but there is a huge opportunity here luke uh for him to um, uh, potentially like hold uh, shops uh for local tile installers and the opportunity there um and i've seen this done is to have the ability to scale up your workforce um by uh you know inviting uh sales reps and and that sort of thing to hold hold uh like shop talks and like that's education sort of thing. exactly and, and i've yeah. seen that done and uh the opportunity obviously is to be able to sell materials to local tile guys that don't have the resources to do so uh aside from being able to control your costs on the project you have an opportunity to network with local tile installers and make them better, right? Um, and I, I think it's why it's why why great... would somebody want to make their competition better? Because we don't have competition, Luke. This is tile. 
we, we shouldn't be looking at each other as competition. We're comrades. Uh, there, there's, uh, you know, very little talent, you know, coming up in the future. We're, we're facing a labor shortage and a skill shortage that's, uh, you know, we've never experienced before. Uh, tile is not uh, an industry that you can get into for two, three years and uh, acquire all the skill that you need. Mm -hmm. This is a long haul. And we need as many friends as we can get in this industry. Amen. Amen. I like that. I like your outlook on that. And I want to encourage everybody to adapt that outlook and look for the unique opportunities. What's lacking in your area? Perhaps there's a good chance education is lacking. You know, you have an opportunity to gather 10, 15 Tylers together on an evening, you know, Saturday afternoon, invite your reps, say, Hey, would you put up a table and give us a presentation? You don't even have to do the talking, you know, they're going to do the talking for you. That's what they're trained and paid to do. Right. And then they're going to say, Hey, we really like your operation here. We didn't know you had so much square footage. Have you ever thought about a partnership with us? You know? And is that how it basically starts? Well, there's many ways that it could lead, right? Like it's really, you get, you get the opportunity to attract the, the, you know, not, not everybody's going to be a good foot fit for you. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, like you see who you resonate with and where it can go, mm -hmm. but w it, this is about exposing opportunities to build relationships, right? Yeah. Less about trying to acquire talent, but to seek the 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 team around you they don't necessarily have to work for you but work with you mm -hmm. right That's smart yeah i like that thank you for taking that um little side sidetrack there um <laughs> i want to go back to your story sure and i think there was a lot of value in taking that little little journey but you were you were offered this position to work for this company that was doing 50 mil a year or something you said yeah yeah i was uh i was way in over my head luke um to say the least like it's uh they they support about 120 uh union staff and uh, uh i think about 14 uh subcontractors just to kind of fill the gaps okay but uh this company uh did a lot of high-rise projects around toronto uh tile hardwood uh carpet countertops um a lot of hard surfaces mm -hmm. In any case, I was uh, asked to be their um, project coordinator uh, would be the official title. So once a project was awarded, it would be uh, handed over to me to assign the foreman and, and staff to the projects. Now, it was really tough. I think I was about 32 years old at the time uh, entering a company where people were working there for you know over 20 years. And you got this young guy that, you know, just showed up. And now instead of them talking to the big boss, they got to, they got to communicate through this guy. Um, it, it really forced me to learn how to build relationships. And that's, that's where I think the power really comes um, aside from the skill of being in this trade is the power of building relationships. And it was, it was forced on me. Yeah. Um, there, there's a lot of, you know, little stories there and the thing and lessons that I learned, but, uh, one of which, um, was how to control a project and control the process of a project so you can control the outcome. Mm. Um, 
we were, you know, fairly high on deficiencies. It was a large organization, mm -hmm. but I learned a few tricks on how to, how to reduce those. And, you know, if I can get into it, the, the, the main trick I learned was relationships. Mm -hmm. You know, when people like you, they, they're not, they don't want to bother you. They don't want to be wrong about you. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, little things are overlooked and I mean, little things, mm -hmm. but those little things pile up because, and I know this firsthand, a, a lot of tile contractors or contractors in general are working forward in a deficit of work, having to go back to jobs, having to go back to fix this. It's impossible to look forward yeah. when you're constantly looking backwards, you know, you're bound to trip and, and it's a cause for more work deficit is what I call it. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so you learn a few lessons along the way. And uh, it was it was a, an intense experience, to be quite honest with you, but it, it accelerated uh, my knowledge in my next venture, which was Tile Services Canada. You know, sometimes those intense experiences, those really painful things in life are the most valuable thing when you get to the other side. And when you when you understand the lesson, you know, and maybe it wasn't a great fit, you know, but you still took that and, and you're talking about it in such a positive way. You know, you're not choosing to use words like I worked for, you know, this large corporation and they just sucked, you know, they, they were losing money and their management sucked and you know, this and that. And, you know, some people will choose those words, but the words you're choosing and the lessons you're choosing is, Hey, Look at all these things I learned. It wasn't a good fit in the end, but look at what I learned. Hindsight is 2020, isn't it? It sure as heck doesn't feel like that when you're experiencing it. Right. But, but I mean, the way looking forward, you know, the more you get, you know, coming to you, the more of these experience you acquire, you know, these stresses, you start to realize that like, you know, obviously tomorrow's always going to come, right? Just relax and, huge lesson here you know sometimes when you do nothing problems solve themselves and you learn that the hard way right but um it, it the the experiences uh themselves you know kind of like obviously are needed they feel intense at the time mm -hmm. um but the idea or the feeling that you know okay i'm glad that happened i'm glad i got that over with what's next yeah. Right. And that's the kind of the way to look at it because they're, they're coming. They're constantly coming. Right. Whether you like it or not, you cannot avoid it. Be happy they're here because you don't have to face them again. Move forward, but take yeah. the lesson with you. Yeah. Don't leave the lesson behind. I love that. You talked earlier about um, when we spoke the first time, you talked about your worst day in the union. And really, we could say it was your best day in the union. <laughs> what happened and, and what did that lead to? Um, well, when I uh, left this larger company and, and started Tile Services Canada, uh, one of the easiest and quickest routes to, you know, getting work um, was to enter the union space um, because I was networked well there having been from management. I wasn't a union worker with that company, but, uh, mm. but you know, I, I knew the union reps. I, you know, it was, it was just the easiest path and and I took it. That makes sense. And it was, um, it, it was 
a, a real experience. Um, we quickly realized looking around us, you know, all the older guys in the union and just the way they, they looked tired, um, you know, they just completely exhausted, constantly having to work harder and harder and harder to keep up. And, you know, I don't know how to say this, but they, they didn't look too good, right? You know, they, they weren't having a great experience. Um, in any case, you know, we do this work. Um, th this one day, it, it had just finished raining. We've got a bunch of tile in the back of the truck. We pull up to the house and the brick guys are working and their scaffolding set up right in front of the house. Mm -hmm. You know, we were ducking under scaffolding, trying to get all this material in the house. We, we, we finally get I've everything in, right? And, you you and, got... You got a box of, you know, tile or a 50 pound bag of something or two, and you got to bend over to get under something that's great for your back. <laughs> right. And we've all, we've all like experienced it. And, and it's just that feeling that nobody cares. Like, you know, like nobody really, they, they don't appreciate what you have to go through is just get the job done, get the job done. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, aside from very little monetary value, there's very little value to, to yourself like it's very hard to value yourself when when the people around you don't care mm. so you know we finished loading this house and we're standing in front of it we we're having a, a quick you know smoke smoke break and we're just looking around the job site it's a disaster there's mud everywhere mm. you know guys are just they're, they're just unhappy the energy was just horrible and uh me and uh, and my top guy at the time which is still with me um anthony he's, he's unbelievable we just looked at each other and we're like what are we doing why are we doing this? This is insane. And he's like, well, what do we do? I'm like, I, I suppose we just make the conscious decision right now to yeah. stop. Well, where's the work going to come from? I, I, I think it works the other way. And I think you stop first and yeah. then the work will come. Yeah. Like, are, are you willing to do this? He's like, okay, let's do this. And that day was the last union job that we took. Yeah. That, that was it. And it was painful. You know, we, we, uh, we had no work for two weeks. The union houses didn't stop. They kept coming. We said no. Yeah. Right. The best decision I ever made. You know, this type of conversation, some of the things Johnny might have just said might offend somebody if they're a union worker or if that's where they thrive. Of course. You know, um, it's a tough conversation. I'm a podcaster now, so I got to have these tough conversations and I'm welcome and eager to have them. Let me, let me balance that. And say, you know, if it's a right, if it's a good fit for you and you're thriving and your crew is thriving, excellent. You know, I would like to feature you on this podcast, honestly, because I think there is a better way, you know, project management, all this good stuff. Now let's keep it real personal and I'll share something personal. You shared something personal in my life. Um, in the, in the recession, 2008, I started my business in 2008. It didn't go so well. You know, I, I couldn't, I, I, the, the, the core problem was I lacked confidence. So I never sold myself enough. And then I got a job as a, pro, uh, a, a property manager and a property maintenance man. And I kept doing tile, of course, <laughs> on the side and things. And I, you know, there was lots of tile to do, you know, always when you're a tile guy and you own a always. But um, years later, I had my wife and I got our real estate license. We partnered with a broker and we opened our own property management company in San Jose, California, one of the fastest growing cities, you know, area, Silicon Valley. And we were doing good. We had, uh, we both had full-time jobs. 
and we both were working on the new property business, property management business that we owned. Um, shit got real fast. <laughs> and, oh. you know, after about a year, year and a half, we had our second miscarriage. And we were having marital problems. And we were feeling the stresses of living in the city and working two full-time jobs and starting a new business. And monetarily, we were setting ourselves up for the long term. And monetarily, the smart thing to do was keep going, right? And you could say the same thing about right. your, your business back then. Monetarily, right. it kind of made sense to keep going and push through the pain. But I, I, I saw my relationship with my wife deteriorating and I made we made together a very tough decision to walk away from it, like you did. Now, I threw a Hail Mary and sold the business, you know. I put an ad out for three weeks. I got one phone call and that one person bought it. And so I moved us, we moved ourselves down to a, a smaller part of California, 3,000 people, <laughs> you know. We went from San Jose, California to a town of 3,000 people. We got pregnant. We're blessed with our a six-year-old daughter now. Awesome. And that very tough decision didn't make financial sense, but it made sense for us, you know. And that's kind of what Johnny's describing here. So don't get offended by what he says. It wasn't a good fit for him and his employee, you know. And I think there's a very valuable lesson there, you know. I, the podcast is called Tile Money. I'm going to help you build your business, but I also want to help you build your life, you know. That's a great takeaway. I mean, um, and I'm glad you went there because, you, you know, I, I have a, a lot of friends that are that are in the union and, and the value is um, is fantastic. Right. It, it depends on what your goals are. And, uh, you know, I myself, you know, had a goal of growing a business. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and, and get away as far as I can, you know, from the, the sensation of employment. Mm -hmm. which is offered there and it's it's very difficult um you know acquiring work and and building like it's it's really really challenging but that's what we were trying to do mm -hmm. right uh the the union approach was the path it was it was it was part of it was the vehicle towards the path sure. but we found ourselves getting continuously you know brought back to it right yeah. So I am I am really glad you brought that up because I, I could be offending, offending a lot of friends of mine too. What the heck are you talking about? <laughs> you know, it, it's it's one of those things. You know, um, somebody likes, you know, Ford. Somebody likes Chevys. You know, it's 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 kind of you know, and some people fit in the union commercial environment and thrive even. You know what I mean? But some people might not realize they're not thriving because it's just the way they've done it. And so now you got to make a choice. You got to make a choice. I made, we made the move to the small town before we sold that company. I was willing to walk away from it. Now I commuted once a week to take care of my, whatever I had to take care of up in the city. And I had employees to run the on-site stuff that we were doing. But, um, we made a risky move, a very risky move. And I, we moved down to the central coast with thousands of dollars, not, not tens of thousands, a few thousand dollars in our bank. And we moved to one of the most expensive areas in that county, which is Cayucas, California. It's one of the most sought after areas because they've capped the growth. It's on the hillside. It's on the it's on a five mile beach that you can walk your dogs. It's the most quintessential California town there is. We moved there because when we first found that area on one of our anniversary trips, 
we told each other that we were going to move there when we retired. <laughs> and so now we were making huh. a, we were making a, a huge life change and in our thirties. And we said, basically, screw it. Let's go there. Why wait until we're 60? We can do anything we want. <laughs> and it's, that's what you did. That's what you and your partner did. Tell me what happened. You guys said, we don't want to do this anymore. What happened? How many weeks did you go without work? Ah, uh, it was, uh, about two and a half before we, we got our, our first job. Um, in the union world, any other job is, is considered a, you know, a private job, right? So there's a little bit of a shake of perspective. Um, and, and remember, leaving the union world, we leave our security behind. We leave our, our pensions. We leave our benefits. It's gone. That's it. Like mm -hmm. you're, you're on your own. And, and that's just to speak to the benefits of, of the union environment. But um, we were, we were home for about two and a half weeks and we sat down and, uh, we had to really try to understand exactly what kind of a work we're going for. Like, what are we going for? And, uh, I think the discussion was to, you know, if we're going to do this, let's, let's go for, you know, the highest end clientele that exists now in mm -hmm. the Toronto area, uh, that, that means the Muskoka region. I don't know if, if, uh, people are, are, uh, familiar with Muskoka, Ontario, but, uh, we're talking, you know, $12 million cottages. Like yeah. it, it, it's, it's just uh next level. Um, and, and that was our way of kind of like separating ourselves from, from, you know, the industry and, and the GTA and, and, you know, the, the cutthroat, you know, what we thought was cutthroat and, what we thought was there wasn't enough work and too many guys like it's it looks that way from the inside until you get the bird's eye view mm -hmm. of what's really sure. going on right sure. so um we we had to you know figure out an entry point into the area that we were getting into and uh we decided to go into a retail outlet uh in the area and we were contracted by them Mm -hmm. until we eventually outgrew them and we were off to the races nice there's a strategic like a decision can't be made blindly but it has to be made in blind faith right mm -hmm. there's there's strategy uh that has to be implemented in order for it to actually work and that's what i say when, when i when i say it, it has to be made in blind faith is i mean things are going to work out guys you have one of the highest uh skills in the trades out there one of the most one of the most valued skills in the trades out there and there's nothing about our trade that is not a luxury mm -hmm. right and i know we've kind of discussed this before um well, you you earlier you said tile is a fashion now you say it's a luxury expand yeah well i mean high-end fashion is luxury right. I, I suppose um and we are we're the, we're the fashion industry of the construction I agree business, right? Um, it, it's, it's sexy. It's cool. Like it, you know, like look at these Instagram posts, like some of this yeah. stuff is just outstanding. Right. Yeah. And, uh, like fashion, we're constantly, uh, facing trend changes and with trend changes, we're constantly facing, um, you know, new methods and new tools and, and you got to stay up to date, uh, in, in this business. Mm -hmm. So it, it's very, very much like the fashion industry. Yeah, like that that's the only way to kind of describe it. But the amount of skill required uh, to do this is not 
is not finite. There is no, you know, I've learned this trade. You're learning. <laughs> I don't care how good you are. You're learning, yeah. right? Um, are, are you able to stay on top of it? Mm. And I think a lot of the guys out there, they do a great job of, of staying on top of it. Um, I think we're, and this is kind of where we got into this discussion. It's like, I, I want to bring my experiences um, and, and try to help others that are, that are going through some of the pain that, that I've gone through before. Right. Yeah, that's right. And a lot of it is outside of your skill. Like, let's settle this, you know, guys, you're good. There's no, you, you couldn't be doing what you're doing unless you were good. Can you get better? Of course you can. It does get to a point where you get diminishing returns. And after so many years in this industry, um, a new skill acquired takes more effort yet yields less returns. I mean, you're going to see it once a year, maybe once every two years, right? Like mm. you've got it, right? Let's put that aside. You're good. Yeah. Okay. What else do you offer that makes you outstanding? Right. And that, and that's something that, you know, I'd like to really kind of explore and get into with, uh, with you, Luke. Yeah, what do you mean? Like, all right, so you're good. You're you're at the top of your game. You're one of ten percent of the top contractors in your city, maybe even more. Maybe you feel like you're the highest. You know, I talk to guys all the time on Facebook and other places, and they say, "Luke, I don't want to hire anybody because I'm the best, and I can't trust anybody." Okay, great. That's you. Now you said, "What else do you offer, or what else do you deliver that makes you?" Um, I forget the word, but phenomenal, you know, what phenomenal, makes, outstanding. Yeah. yeah. Outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, and, and remember like we're, we don't have to be better than everybody else. I mean, they, they have skill too, and it, we got to get that through our head and it's about how you approach a project. What kind of experience are you offering that customer? Right. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're speaking in, in the, I, I guess I, I would want to consider it the consumer or retail sector of, sure. of the tile industry because there's many, you know, there's commercial, there's all kinds of, of other sectors. So yeah. sorry to, to put no, that. No, you know what? By, by and large, that's my audience. My audience is a small installer who who's doing, you know, uh, work for people in their homes. You know, I don't have a lot of commercial audience. And from time to time, we get people saying, Luke, why don't you talk about how to scale on a commercial level. Well, guess what? Those guys by and large are not tuning into the podcast. First of all, it's not my expertise. Um, and they, they're the people who they're kind of already, they already know or should know their business, you know, and they're looking to other resources. Um, so it's one of those funny things. Like I get people all the time. You don't talk about, um, you don't talk about running a business based on scalability, you know, based on making, you know, percent, you know, keep your percentages low. And no, I, I really don't focus on that from time to time. We do, but go all you want. Yeah. Let's, let's talk the fashion. Let's talk the highest end. Like you're already, my audience is already, I assume all of my audience is already at the top of their game or working, you know, continuing to learn every year and continuing to put out quality products, you know, and now they want yeah. some money. Now they want some money. So, well, I, I could put the, the other part to rest real, real quickly. If you can't scale your workforce, guys, scale up your clients. If you were to charge them 40% more, what would happen? And I've asked this question to, to friends of mine and, and the question I get, well, I, I'd, I'd lose clients. Well, 
<laughs> problem solved then, isn't it? Right? <laughs> you, you lose clients, but you're making 40% more margins. But, uh, you know, to, to move on to the other sector, um, your, your, your offering, um, your experience, like we have this tagline uh, for Tile Services Canada is that it's about the experience and it's not about our experience. No, it's about your experience, right? What kind of experience are we offering you as a client? Now, as a customer, they're never going to remember the good things you do. Right. right, the stuff right. that you did over and above, they're never going to remember that. But I'll tell you one thing, guys 100% that feeling of comfort that they had with you and they don't get with them, they're going to, they're going to realize that, that sensation, right? That feeling of, yeah, but you know, Luke was, it was just easy. Mm. You know, the whole process was easy. I, I didn't have all these problems. Like, you know, he showed up on time, like, it's not the the things that you do. It's the experience that they relate your name, your company name to is so they a won't good experience. I like it. You, I like that. You said that very well. They won't remember the little details, everything, but they'll remember the emotion. That's they'll correct. remember they were very happy while you were on the phone from the first time to the, you know, signing the contract to delivery of the material, you know, and the whole nine yards and they were happy when you left and that's the emotion that leaves a lasting impact exactly like they were happy in your presence you know like it, it and and that's where we kind of go back now you're offering right so we it's it's easy we've kind of identified what it is that 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 the customer values right <clears throat> and aside from your work okay we put that to rest your work is great right mm -hmm. your quality is fantastic right but the the feeling that that customer walked away from from working that that's the goal right there right the experience so identifying that how do we improve the experience mm -hmm. for the customer and you know there, there's there's a lot of things from the beginning to the end like i think for us the end goal is when we walk away from the job and we're finished that customer's disappointed that we're gone right and is it the amount the great work that we did right or or you know the fact that we had an espresso machine set up on the job site and we were making you know espressos for the guys that worked there right nice. and nice. we were having great relationships with the people around us the electrician liked us right we right. kept our area clean we helped keep other people's area clean we helped them they helped us it's the, it's the once you get on a job site, guys, you have the opportunity to control the pace and the energy of that job site just by the relationships that you keep with everybody else. This funnels back to you. It improves your quality of work. It improves what the outcome is for you mm -hmm. and how easy of the process is for you. And I always say this, like, <coughs> kind of as a joke, excuse me, sorry. You're good. Is that... It may seem like I'm doing this, like when someone says thank you, it's like, yeah, I, you're welcome, but I'm kind of doing it for selfish reasons, right? <laughs> like I'm doing this to make my life easier too. There's a great quote, um, Zig Ziglar. You know, you know Zig Ziglar. Um, Refresh me. So he's he's not with you know he's passed he's he's uh, deceased but he uh, he was a business uh, he's an iconic American business coach. Um, and, and his focus was more holistic, uh, spiritual, you know, Christian, uh, wove a lot of scriptures, but one of his quotes is, 
you can have anything in the world you want if you help enough other people get what they want. I like and that. And so it, it sums up what you just said. It's selfish, but it's full of giving. It's right. Like you're going to help other people succeed. You're going to help them get the dream shower backsplash floor that they want and do it with a smile and leave them with a positive emotion. And they're going to pay you more than they would have the, the three other people that gave them a lower price. Always, always the, 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 you know, the value of creating that a good experience for everybody, it, it resonates with the client, right? Whether they realize it or not, it's the sensation that we're after, right? Mm -hmm. Like I enjoy being in your company. Everybody else seems to enjoy being in your company. I like you, you know, mm -hmm. I will leave you alone. I will trust you to make decisions, mm -hmm. uh, to make suggestions. I won't question those suggestions because I like you. Yeah. And for me to question those suggestions means that I'm wrong about you. And I don't want to be wrong about you. Right. And, and it, it's powerful. It really is. Yeah. Um, and, and all of these suggestions are there to make your life easier. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anticipate and their need, you know, precisely. And, and if you get to a point where you have to put a stop to the job because something's wrong and no one's listening to you, right. Mm -hmm. It will be respected. Yeah. Right. Yes. So, which is critical. Like that's the, that's the shocking thing, right? Your, your client doesn't respect you until you respect yourself. I used to work seven days a week Very because well I had made a deadline and I wasn't going to make it. You know what I mean? The minute I started saying to the client, you know, look, we're on day three or four, you know, I'm in your home. I know I told you I was going to be done by Friday. Do you want me to work 12, 15 hour days? You know, I can do it. Or would you just like me to come back Monday and Tuesday? Because I had, I did have weekend plans, but it's no bit, you know, I didn't even have to go into any of that. But the point is, it's like, I don't work weekends. You know what your client's going to say? Cool. Neither do we. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So many of us think we have to work weekends. Why do we think we have to work weekends? Because we think, or maybe we misscheduled, or maybe we just think that's the way we work. I don't understand why guys are working seven days a week right now. Now, some of them tell me, look, I'm digging myself out of a hole. Luke, I'm a hustler. Luke, I'm young and I can. Great. But if you're a family man and you've been in business 20 years and you're good at your trade, there's zero reason for you to be working seven days a week. If you've been in business a few, a few years. I, I agree. Your priorities change over the years. I, I was a weekend warrior too, man. Like yeah. I, I, you're just, we go through seasons a hundred percent. And, and sometimes you're working weekends to, to, to get out of deficit right, <laughs> of right. work. And sometimes and that's you legit. work weekends to get ahead. You know, that's legitimate. I mean, these are good years. So if you're, if you're digging yourself out of a hole, keep digging and you'll get there, you know? Right. But a, a customer or a human being, because they are, uh, will respect you for respecting yourself. There's absolutely right. no doubt about that. Right. And um, are, are you there? Are you taking care of them? Right. Are you communicating with them? Yeah. Are you, are you um, letting them know what the expectation is like uh, uh, disappointment is management of expectations. Nobody, if you find yourself disappointed in somebody, Luke, it's, it's a you problem, mm -hmm. right? It, your expectations weren't set right. And, and the power in that is to set the expectations for the customers. Therefore they can never be disappointed mm -hmm. in you and, and communicate that as clearly as possible. And 
I mean, that's probably a good segue of getting into what do you do before the project? Like we're, we're okay. We're talking about when you're on a project, you're organizing the job better. You're organizing mm -hmm. your job better. You're, you're organizing the trades around you and communicating with everybody. Like that's all great, but how do I get that job? Yeah. Right. Great. Like great. how do I prove myself to that scenario? Yeah. And 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 that's all and you've discussed this before and i think this is where we kind of first connected and and we resonated with each other's uh, you were you had a post out there about you know discussing about how to price a job mm. right um and and building and scoping out that job mm. scoping is absolutely critical it will set you apart when you're bidding a project you know we've discussed this um, present a very well thought out scope of work. And when I say well thought out, I mean like you already installed this job. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Every detail, the color of the trim, right. The, the, the linear drain. If it doesn't say, you know, where is it? Is it on this wall? Is it on that wall? The more you communicate with that client about ironing out these details and you're scoping out that job for them, they have no choice but to be more comfortable with you than they are with the other guy because you are more intimately involved and you know their project better than anybody else. They want you. Now, can they afford you? Yeah. Right? So, uh, you know, scoping out a project and not, pricing things by line item not assigning a value to every single task that you perform stop doing that um put one line item for your price scope out the job and set your price don't dissect your price don't it's not necessary and i've been there when i when i price jobs you know i have this concern about like i don't want to take too much money out of your pocket you know i don't want to i don't want to you know seem like i'm greedy i don't want to feel like you know i don't want you to feel uncomfortable like i i, I you know i'm taking advantage of you right. forget that right forget that what's the value that you bring you're not taking advantage of them you're saving them right you're yes. you're providing these services that you know that they're going to value. You know, tile is a luxury. We've discussed this. There, nobody needs a backsplash. Nobody needs a a you know tile fireplace. Nobody needs a tiled entrance, right? There's all kinds of other materials out there. You're a luxury. You're providing them with something that uh, that makes them feel good. Yeah. Right. And there is value in that, but scoping and organizing that project on their behalf improves your closing ratio. Almost our closing ratio is almost 80%. Mm. Like we almost, and that's only when we're pricing a job that we're up against somebody else, which rarely happens now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and, it, and when we present the scope, a, a scope of work, there's a good chance if we lost that job that that other guy has our scope of work and the job is smoother now because of the effort that we put in. <sighs> That's cool. That's a good way to look at it. What happens? Why be afraid of a client giving your scope of work to somebody else? You know, you got nothing to fear because you just help them improve their business 
and, and, right. and they saw your prices. Maybe they need to raise them up. They're not going to raise them to yours because they're scared, but they'll raise them just below yours. Be a little bit more even on the playing field, so to speak, the next time they submit a bid and you submit the same bid to a new pr prospect. Right. I'm hearing? I, yeah. I mean, if if uh, they take advantage of your scope of work, I mean, A, that that is not the customer for you. That is right. just the, that red sure. flag, huge walk away and be yep. happy. You dodge yep. that bullet. Yep. Right. And don't think about it. Who cares? Your closing ratio is 80%. Yeah. Who cares? Right. Yeah. Just the cost of doing business. Like you yeah. lost the one that you, you, you think, you know, be grateful that you didn't get move on to the next one. Yeah. Right. At which kind of like flows into another conversation that we had, if you don't mind me kind of leading absolutely into it, um, is, is about, uh, and, and you brought this up when I connected with you, like you're that good, right? You, you've been in this business for, for however long, like, why do you need to go see the job? before you price it why do you need right. to go visit a house why do you need to go consult a project that you don't have yet mm -hmm. avoid it at all costs you know anything over two bathrooms should have drawings if they don't red flag yeah right anything that's small enough that doesn't have drawings you should be able to price it from your desk man a few pictures yeah. right and and that's uh like you should be able to scope out a job and, and the client, you know, I, I want you to come here. I want to meet you. I want to look, I, I get it. I appreciate it. And this is where you need to, you know, show that you have value for yourself. Like you have value for your time, right? You're busy. Like I I'll never start a job. I don't see, but I'll never see a job that I don't have. And that's mm -hmm. okay. That's okay. Because rather than spending three hours on that job site measuring stuff out, like, guys, what do you care if a tile floor is 60 square feet or 80 square feet? What matter? What is the matter, right? That shower, you know, is it 110 square feet or is it 130 square feet? Come on. You're on the job, right? What are we talking about? An extra half hour? Just price that job. Price it as if it is 130 square feet. Just price yeah. that job, right? Yeah. And, and price it remotely as many times as you can. Because if you think that being in front of the client is what's, is what's going to show your personality and, and, uh, and get you to sell and close that job, it's your scope. It's the way you scoped and communicated with the client that's going to close that job, how yeah. intimately you know it. And in 2022, there are other ways to get in front of your client without driving to their home. Right. Zoom. Right. A phone call. FaceTime, like there are so many ways to communicate now and we choose to do the most difficult that has the least amount of ROI that takes the most amount of time driving around after work in our dirty clothes, looking at every shower, like, come on, <laughs> how many you, have you, you built now? If, if you're one year in your business, do it, do it for the practice second year, maybe you're still doing it, but come on by the third year, fourth year change some things like try, yeah. try to extract, you know, the wisdom that Johnny's telling you that I've been telling you that a lot of my guests will tell you and that you can sell over the phone. Right. If you learn and, how a hundred, a hundred percent. And is it selling? Yes. I mean, like you're, you're, you're trying to close a deal it's selling, but it's relationship building. 
It's scary finding a contractor, guys. I, I don't know if you've experienced it. I know I have. Yeah. You're going off of a reference. You don't know what you're going to get. Like, it is scary. It's like the wild, wild west out there. You hear your horrible contractor stories. Like, right. It, you know, they're going to take advantage of you. They're going to overcharge you. They're going to like, there's all kinds of like dark things about the process for the customer. And they're immediately, they're, they're, you know, their shelves are up, their walls are up, right? Like, right. Take down those walls, build a relationship with them. Like Luke, you're Luke, you know, you have a kid, you're a normal person, you're a husband, you're just like them, right? Yeah. Like be that guy, be their neighbor, be their, their neighbor's son, you know, be their, the, the, you know, their coworker, be people that they're familiar with, have a personality, have confidence. That's how you close the project by getting past the barrier of concern and yeah. trust. Right. And again, it goes the scoping tool. It is the vehicle. Like just yeah. listing out every single part of the job, it's the vehicle for the communication. Like you get yeah. to call the customer one extra time and say, what kind of drain are you putting in? You know, it's something I missed. Is it going to be a linear drain, a square drain, right? Mm -hmm. uh, what, what color shower jams are we using, right? Like every time you get to contact that customer is another time you get to kind of joke around with them and make them more comfortable yeah. and, and you're scoping out the job. Like when you present this price, you're presenting to them a completed project in their eyes. Why would they trust anyone else? Why would they trust a guy who texts them a price by square foot? Mm -hmm. Right. Even though my, my jobs on average, they come in, you know, anywhere between 20 to 40% higher than, than other quotes. Mm -hmm. And I get told this and <laughs> I get asked, and, and this has happened many times. What's wrong with the other guy's price? Why you're asking me what's wrong with the other guy's price? And the answer is it's it's probably okay, right? I I, I guess, right? They, there's nothing really that complicated about your project. I, I don't see why 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 the other guy can't handle it mm -hmm. for that price. It's it's possible. They've never asked me to drop my price. Nice. Because they know it's firm. Yeah. Right. And I've you know devalued the so that, other I trade gonna, without I being want... disrespectful. Right. I, I was wanting to talk to you about negotiations. Like if you're 20 to 40% higher, you know, how do you get into the negotiation? Sounds like you don't have to. You don't have to. It's mm -hmm. all in the scoping. It is like the secret key. <clears throat> so you could say that's part of the negotiation. I mean, you're going to, you're going to avoid the negotiations by presenting the scope of work, presenting who you are, being professional, being courteous, you know, having more conversations than less. That's, an, that's exactly. really smart. I never thought, you know, I have a big problem, Johnny. My big problem is I, I resist reaching out to people, even people that like me and know me because I don't want to bug them because I think they're busy, you know, but when we're doing business, this is the wrong mental attitude and it's I bit agree. me more times than it's helped me. And I'm really struggling to be the opposite, right? Because I'm like, I don't want to bother that person. He's working very hard and I think he understands what we're doing. Well, I, I've been bitten. They didn't understand and I didn't understand. And there was a little bit of miscommunication because we weren't communicating enough. So you're saying communicate more, you know, don't bug them obviously, but if you have a question about their job, communicate with them quickly with a phone call, preferably that way they hear your voice and get to know you. Yeah. I mean, Luke, has anybody uh, ever bugged you by solving your problem? No. Is it possible? I guess not. No. And if they are, 
Like if you feel and someone's making you feel like they're bothering you by ironing out details on their job, just it's a red flag. Go, yeah. right? There's two opportunities here. One's to build a relationship with the client. The other is to find out whether you're going to ever have a relationship with the client. And if you're not, this job's going to go bad, dude. Go. Like, get out right. of the way, right? That right. just, you're too busy for them. If they're too busy for you, you don't have time, right? Right. Move on. This is, this is hard. It's easier said than done. Like, mm. I just, just, just take a step back and kind of humble the situation a sure. little bit. Is sure. like, because I've been there and I understand that I need this job, mm. right? I need to close this job. And coming from someone who's been there, and I'm sure you have too, is that there's no job worse than a bad job. There is no job that ties up your time and keeps you away from good jobs worse than a bad job with a bad relationship with client yeah that doesn't give a shit about you yeah right this is a two-way interview you are a tile installer you say that with pride you are a tile company there aren't many of you out there even though it feels like there are because handymen are out there doing it and you know all kinds of other people i've seen painters attempt to do tile and it's not to say that they can't and they shouldn't experiment with it but the difference is is you are right they're not and the minute that you start having real value for what, what you're offering, like how many people out there are going to do the 15 years or the 10 years or the five years that it took to, to learn how to dude, it takes like two years just to learn how to pull a trowel properly. <laughs> right. What that's, that's like a, a, a chip of this trade. Like that, that's nothing. Right. 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 Like we know, we know it's, it's not just something like have value for yourself and have value for your time. And that, and that'll resonate with people. Mm -hmm. So, and I want to take that step back and, 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 you know, humble myself in the sense that I know what it's like to need that job. No, I'm right? glad you but did. I, I'm glad you mentioned this. There's a, there's some very valuable lessons, you know, um, out of desperation, we make foolish decisions. And we take those jobs and hopefully we learn those lessons. You know, we find ourselves in an uncomfortable situation. Didn't go right again to bring it back to the beginning, like pause, maybe take a hit, figure out a new way, a new approach. Now, a lot of my listeners are making good money right now because it's 2022 and the phone doesn't stop ringing. Right. Now's the time to do all of these soft skills that Johnny and I have been talking about for 45 minutes now. Set yourself up because the phone's going to slow down. I mean, it's not like I'm predicting doomsday here, but over, you know, over the course of your business, you will have busy periods, slow periods. Like, you know, you're going to have these periods of time. You have more money than you had, um, you know, you know, you're making more money. You're, you're, you're doing well. You know your skill. Have you invested anything back into your business? Anything like, you know, have you improved your presentation? You know, your logo. I'm wearing LBI. I think, I think he might be in, uh, I think he might be a fellow Canadian. I, I forget. No, he might be in LA. I think he's in Los Angeles. Yeah. I'm wearing, you know, you know, look, I'm wearing a hat from Ward, Jeremy Ward. Like these men are investing back in their company. They're going to do better during a recession than the companies that don't. You know, they have websites. They're going to do better than the companies that don't. They are pushing their marketing. They are doing things that others aren't. They're going to do better. 
you know, now's the time and hopefully they're learning sales and they're learning project management and they're learning negotiations and how to increase their value. Everything we've talked about. So I, t I coached somebody yesterday and they asked me several things. I'll just describe two of them pricing. They wanted to know how to get their pricing in order. And then they asked me when to hire. And I said, well, let's work on the pricing first. You know, the administration, mm -hmm. you've already got enough work. They had enough work. But I said, now's not the time to hire because you haven't figured, you haven't zoned in on your pricing. I'm going to help you do that. It's not going to take too long, but it will take some time. And then I said, a second thing, I said, when I said, I'll, after you do that, put, put a hire, a help wanted ad out and leave it up forever, you know, and just go through that process. Yes, you don't have right. to hire them, but you never know who you're going to meet. And it might be worth an investment of your company for that young man or woman to bring them into your fold, bring them into your company, right. always be hiring. You don't have to hire them, but you should go on interviews. It should be, it should be a part of your overhead. I'm going to every other week on Tuesdays at four o'clock, I'm going to have uh, three hours to sit down with applicants. You know, it's part of your overhead. That's what your business is paying you to do is to look for new talent. Like these, this is how I want you to start thinking about your business. And this is how Johnny wants you to start thinking about your business, you know, is to do that. And, um, and then the last thing I told him, I said, all the talking heads on TV and the smart people that took to college and all that, they're telling us that a recession is looming. Everything goes on sale during, especially the first 12 months of a recession. That's when you want to hire and yeah. you're going to set yourself up right now to be able to hire via your marketing, via your um, negotiation skills, via your increasing your value of your company, via all these soft skills that we forget about as artists and as tradesmen, but are ever so important as a business owner. And then you're going to stay busy during the recession. And that's when you can hire the top talent that was working for themselves because they thought they were building a business, but they had a high paying job that went away. You, yeah, you, you nailed it. Um, and, and again, <clears throat> that's why when I say we, we have no competition, we're all comrades, we're all friends, right? When these times happen, that is the opportunity. If you don't have those relationships, then, you know, you'll never have access. Right. Yeah. And I think like the takeaway for me here is, is the relationships, relationships are how you close relationships are how you make a job go smooth relationships are how you navigate the economic landscape that you know is presented at the time it's how you get through it relationships with with other trades is how you find talent yeah, yeah. right relationships with the guy that bags your groceries yes could be your next superstar yes. Okay, pay attention to the relationships around you. Your closing ratios will go up. Your value will go up. The, 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 your pricing will go up, right? And, you know, with pricing, don't be afraid to ask for more. There's nothing wrong with profit. It's not a bad word, right? right. The fact that you're profitable is something you should be proud of. Is wages enough? No. You're building a profitable, viable business, right? And you should never have to justify your profits, Nobody Amen. had, I, I, I know I'm kind of going, you know, somewhere else here, but, um, I was pricing a job and sorry, I was pricing a job and I had a client. And this is the first time in a very long time that everyone, anyone asked me about my pricing because <laughs> usually the conversation doesn't even come up because, okay. you know, I have confidence in my pricing. It just is what it is. It's yes. Great. 
No, great. Either way, great, right? Just tell me. Yeah. But his question to me is like, you know, I, I look at your pricing, John. How much money do you need to make in a day? I'm like, you know, we're, we're, we're a profitable company. It's uh, I, I make money no matter what. Like I'm, I'm making money in this conversation. If I take Friday off, I'm getting paid for Friday off, right? My company is making money. It's 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 our profit, right? He's like, yeah, but that that's that's more than I make. I'm like, yes, yes, it probably is. You're absolutely right. What what is it that you do again? Like, can yeah. I swear here? <laughs> sure. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> like, fuck you. You know, you're in advertising. Great. Good for you. Of course, I make more money than you. We we do this for 10, 20 years. Right. The amount of skill that we require to be able to do your job is like outstanding. Yes, right. of course, we make more money than you, if that's what you're asking. And we should be proud. I mean, do you think a doctor or a lawyer apologizes for being 200, 300, 500? I got an attorney who's 500 an hour. Yeah. He's There's... one of the best and he doesn't apologize for that. He tells me I'm the best. And then he As... shows me the evidence. <laughs> <laughs> And and he should. And there's gonna be scenarios, guys, where you you do you make more money than your clients. This yes. isn't a competition, right? Price it the way you price it, and and have value in yourself. And when someone asks you a question like that, be honest. Yeah. Like, does it have to be that high? No. But it is. Right. Like, you don't have to be rude about it. I joke around. A customer's like, you know, hey, that that's 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 a lot. I'm like, yeah, but don't worry, your money's better in my pocket than it is in yours. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like make a joke about it. You know, be yeah. okay, right? Yeah. yeah. Like uh, it's it's uh, it's not and, just and now, money, but know, it's just and, money. And again, again, I want to, and I've, I I kind of rambled and I forgot my other point just a minute <laughs> ago. But I want to emphasize, like, now's the time to do all this. Like you tell me, most people tell me I'm three, six, 12, 18 months booked out. Great. Raise your freaking prices and practice your negotiation skills, practice selling yourself at a higher rate just because you can, and you should because of the times we're living in. Now there might, now you said something earlier about, um, you know, desperation or I said desperation. It's, it's the worst time to bid a job. We were talking about that. It's very true. You don't ever want to, if, if you find yourself in Johnny's situation where he's closing at 80%, he doesn't ever want to go back to desperation. You know, you don't want to go backwards. What's the easiest way to not go backwards? Could you go backwards? Yeah. If, if all your leads started to dry up because you weren't marketing yourself and you lost some confidence because you had a few re and you were thinking about your rejections rather than all the ones you won, you were thinking about the 20%, right? you could start to lose and slip your confidence and that's not what you want to do. Um, and so that's why in these good years, work on all these soft skills and increase your value and um, raise your prices, not just to do it, but also to learn, learn that you can, you know, right. and then maybe there will be a day where, you know, um, things, you know, and, and everything goes on sale. Like I said, in the rough years, we all got to eat, you know, um, but right now it's not that situation. We are some of the most sought after a good contractor is one of the most sought after people in the marketplace. Let's own it. Yeah. Let's I, I own mean, it because it doesn't happen all the time. 
we we've gone through many many years of being the bad guy like the contractor right you know this this old time kind of view that the contractors out to get you and they're gonna screw you and all this stuff I, within the next 10 years mark my words let's timestamp this being a contractor is gonna see like it it is just there's less and less of us as it goes on right, right. it's gonna be one of the most profitable things to be into and be proud that you're a contractor. You have a trade. Once you have this skill, you can go do whatever the heck you want. You always have your tools. Like you're mm -hmm. locked and loaded, right? Yeah. You yeah. can experiment. You can do all kinds of things at that point. Right. right. You are the future's most valuable, you know, one of the most valuable members of society. Shit needs to be built, guys. Like it, it's not going to go away, right? Uh, and, and you have the skill. You are going to be training the next generation of kids. Mm -hmm. They are going to get into this trade. That are going to realize that, and not to say anything bad about going to university, but hey, maybe I should go get a trade first before I go to school. You know, something to fall back on, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's you. It's us. And that's why I said we there is we don't have competition, guys. Mm -hmm. There's less and less of us as we go on. We need to collaborate and build relationships with each other, right? We don't have to talk bad about the other tile guy that's bidding on the job. Talk yeah. good about him and show value. Show you're worthy of the relationship with that client, right? So getting through those bad times, it's relationship. Relationship. That is what's going to get you through. Yes. That is what's going to get you more staff. That's what's going to get you more jobs. And that that might get you more jobs to support all the other guys that didn't yeah. be that guy. Take the opportunity, yeah. right? So you know it's it's so true. And, and and the raising of your prices when your quality is good and you deliver this experience and all this good stuff that adds to our value as a whole. It makes right. people respect us more, not less. You know, it makes people respect us more, not less when we value ourselves to say I'm expensive and I know it. And here's why, you know, um, you can't find me, you know, you can't find another Tyler like me. That's a true statement, no matter who you are, because we're individuals, you know, right. we have an individual company. And if you're proud of it and you've done a really good job that raised your value, you know, and um, I also want more blue, blue collar, small business owners to make more money because we need to be part of a bigger conversation. We need to be part of our community leaders and the conversations they're having. We need to be more in politics. I would like to see more small business owners that are doing a million, 500,000, 5 million a year in politics because blue collar business owners, small business owners in America and Canada, they're in the thick of it day and day out and they know their neighbors. And they know their neighbors and their struggles. You know, you get somebody in politics who's, they are a lifetime politician. They were born into the family business of being a politician. They're not connected. And that's one of the other big picture things that I've been thinking a lot about lately. I want you to have more money because I want you to have a, uh, more of a conversation and more of the troubling things that happen on a local and global scale. You're never going to do that if you're working seven days a week and installing tile. And maybe you don't want to do that at all, but some of you do. Make more money. Make it happen. Set yourself 10, 20, 30-year goals. 
that's powerful luke yeah i i can appreciate that like these are you know we're we're, we're comrades right this is uh the, the the we we have the economic power we have the economic strength um like shit needs to be built yeah right and and it's on us yeah so like I, I wish to see more people have value for themselves yeah and that being said um do you mind if i share a little bit of a story absolutely absolutely i'm here i got about there... another uh, 15 minutes or so all right, I'll run through it, and and this and this is, uh, I guess, a grievance that I have out there in the industry. Okay. There's this guy in our industry, in the tile industry. Um, I must call him maybe three or four times a year, trying to beg him to come back into this industry. He was so skilled, man. What he learned in two years was absolutely outstanding. And he used to work for a guy that I know in the industry that's uh, very, very skilled. But this guy that I know in the industry that's skilled, that trained um, the, the person that I call, um, he, he was, uh, you know, he really put out the fire and, and, it, and it bothered me. Like he was so skilled that anytime this kid had suggestions, which were good, they, he, they, he was shut down, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. He was too busy. He, he wouldn't let him move up the ranks, you know, kept yeah. making him do all this grunt work. But the amount of skill that he acquired was just, it was, it was amazing in the short amount of time. And, uh, he left the industry. Mm. He left to go pursue something else. And, and I try to get him back every, every, you know, few months I call him. I'm like, Hey, listen, there's a place for you here, you know, come back. Like this industry needs you. And to all the guys out there, um, that are highly skilled and I get it. Like, you know, your stuff and you're training these guys. Right. And this industry is starving. It's, it's hungry for, for new talent. And like, I, I say this, the days, like when we first got into this business, it was, it was about working through it. You know, we got treated like crap, right? Like we, we, we were in the trenches and we got thrown around and like, you know, we, we didn't have anywhere to go. Uh, yeah. We wanted to learn this. We had to put up with that boss that just like was stern and, you know, put us through the ringers. But these, these young kids and these millennials and, and that are in the industry, it, it doesn't work like that with them anymore. Right. Like they, they need to be motivated. And I would much prefer this skilled guy leave the industry himself than ruin it for all these new upcomings especially when you have incredible talent be put down and and end up having to leave he's never gonna touch this again right 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 and you know let let's take care of all these young people wanting to experiment and get into the construction industry let's take care of them right like we don't have to treat them hard and do not underestimate them I, I would be very hesitant to underestimate their abilities they are outstandingly talented yeah. so you know let's build this industry like if we're worried about can't find guys that are willing to work it, we might be able to look we might be looking at guys that don't want to work for you mm. Right, right. 
That's what it is. Right. Yeah, that's powerful. Thank you for sharing. Um, I had a similar conversation about a year ago with a, a young influencer on all the platforms who has not only built himself a little remodeling construction business, but obviously he's built himself this social media presence, which pays him more than the contracting business does. And I invited him to Coverings. Coverings is the largest North American trade show, or at least down here in the United States. I invited right, him to Coverings, right. and oh, yeah. he said, and I invited him to some Facebook groups. And he said, Luke, I, 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 the, every time I go on Facebook and in your groups and have these conversations, the industry rejects me. You know, you guys don't want me. You know, it feels like I'm unwanted. And I thought, what an opportunity lost. You know, here this young right. man has millions of followers. He doesn't know the trade as well as you and I because he's, you know, he's two, three, four, five years in and he's, a, he's self-taught. So he has a lot to learn. That's okay. We all start somewhere, you know, but, and, and I've been guilty of this too. You're scrolling on Instagram and you see somebody red guarding Duroc with no tape, no thin set, um, you know, and, and they, you know, they're screwing it all up. It's just a terrible job. I've been this person. I really try not to be this person, but you say, you jackass, you know, and you start telling him all the things he's doing wrong, he or she. And, and that's not any way to, like, like your story, that's not any way to nurture somebody and teach them. Agreed. You know, that, that pushes them away from the trade or at least away from the industry standards and the people who are supposed to be leading the conversations. Now I have to, I finally came to the conclusion I have a very weighty responsibility with this platform that I've built, you know, and it's time for me to start changing the way I, I think and having conversations with you, both of these conversations, the one we had off air and on have improved my ability to do that. You know, you improve my outlook on life, you know, in this business. And so I thank you for coming on, Johnny. Sincerely. Thank you. Yeah, thank absolutely. It, it was a very good conversation. Um, we've, anything, any last thoughts? Um, <clears throat> without extending this another, another 15 mil minutes, Luke, I think, I think we like, we've covered a lot of like we covered points, a lot. right? They just, uh, you tell everybody out there, you know, like it, the, the biggest take takeaway here is, is, is relationships. It, it really is. It, it'll solve a lot. It covers a lot of bases, a lot of the. The, the, the issues that you might have with this trade, everything from pricing to getting jobs to, to getting guys or, or girls. Like there, there are women in this industry that like absolutely blow me away. Like I, I am so proud of seeing women into this industry. Like you are welcome. Like just, you know, like the biggest, one of the, one of the biggest early mistakes I made when I was hiring is I hired a woman long pause for drama. <laughs> I hired a woman and she wanted to learn the industry. On her first day, I had her attempt to install a, a simple backsplash. I I was there with her. I was I, I got her started. I showed her how to do the trawling, how to do this, how to do that. I didn't care how long. I said, you can take all day. You can take two days. I don't care. I got to do this shower. It's got to get done. I was on a time crunch. I said, you do this. You, you come to me with questions and she did throughout the day. And I kept checking on her. She did it and she nailed it on her very first or second day. I forget. Unbelievable. It wasn't three weeks later, 
and I started to do what we talked about earlier. I started to get scared. I lost a couple big bids. I didn't have a lot of work and I let her go because she was the last person I hired. I should have let one of the other guys go because they, he was an alcoholic. He could, I knew I could work on work with him on production and I knew where he was strengths and weaknesses, but the company I wanted to build, I wish to God I had held on to her yeah. and let him go. Cause I let him go in six more months anyways. Right. <laughs> and I don't know what happened to her. I hope she found, you know, somebody, a, a, a worthwhile employee employer, because I wasn't at that time, you know, I was working there, but I, 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 you know, I was building a new business and I had all these things and I let my self talk, you know, she's a woman. You don't really see women in this trade. Some of the right. best installers are women, you know, now I know that, you know, and at the time she proved it. And I still kind of let my manhood, my ego tell me like, Oh, I'm going to hang on to these two men, even though I know they kind of have a lot of personal problems and I see them kind of like drinking at lunch and stuff. It's like, well, we, have, you know, at that time I was doing both production and, um, residential. And then I transitioned into only residential remodels and she would have been a, a very, it would have been worth every penny of investment for me to hang on to her for however long and, and help her learn. And so, um, that's a great point, you know, well said. All right, Johnny, yeah. well, we'll close out there and thank you so much for coming on. You're going to be welcome anytime you want to come on this podcast. Uh, just let me know. It's a real pleasure, Luke. Thanks a lot. You're welcome, brother. Bye. All right, Tile friends. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I enjoyed having it with Johnny. I got to tell you, I have a lot of favorites, but that's up there. And part of it is, you know, to be honest, I'm about 250 hours into being behind the mic. And I'm starting to get comfortable and we're starting to go somewhere now. And thank you for joining me on uh, the tile money journey. And I'm looking forward to the future. If you need help beyond the podcast, beyond what we can give you with our free information that we put out near daily, head over to tilemoneyuniversity.com and check out what we have to offer. We have one-on-one -on -one coaching. We have group coaching. We will help you strengthen your business in a way that I cannot really do in a free format. I'm going to have one-on-one -on -one conversations with you and ask you where you want to go. We're going to craft a plan to help you get to where you want to take your company. And if you want to stay in all touch with Tile Money, and especially um, if you just want to keep updated on where we're headed and what we're doing, you know, coverings, events, stuff like that, Text the word tile money to 844-446-7623, 844-446-7623. We have a leadership challenge starting around February 1st. I'm going to tell you more about it in the coming months, but if you think you would be interested in learning more about strengthening your leadership skills and what all that entails, text the word leadership to 844-446-7623, same phone number. Text the word leadership to 844-446-7623. And we're going to have a leadership challenge that's going to take us approximately um, three months, just under three months. And during that challenge, you're going to be receiving extra content all around the subject of leadership. You're going to be part of the conversation. 
At the end of the leadership challenge, we're going to have a leadership networking party during coverings 2023. And you're invited to it. In fact, we're going to highlight you. You're going to be submitting to me your wins. And we're going to be highlighting all of you who take part in the challenge. All right, Tile friends. We'll talk at you next week. I sincerely hoping you're having a positive week. And above all else, please stay profitable, Tile friends. Over and out.